Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Windermere Coach. This is our coaching podcast where we tackle some of your toughest real estate questions and provide you with some detailed answers and proven solutions. And today, uh, I'm extremely excited to have my dear friend, Mr. Scott Wetzel with us. Scott, how are you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Great to be I'm on. Well. I'm well. Yeah. Thank you. And Scott's coming to us from uh, Spokane, Washington. Is that you? You're in Spokane right now, right, Scott? Yep. 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 Um, so just for those of you listening, uh, in case you don't know, Scott Wetzel is the president and CEO of our Windermere Mountain West region. Uh, Scott, what are, what are the states that includes? That's it's Washington. Uh, so eastern Washington up to the Cascade Mountain Range, uh, eastern Oregon, kind of the one third part of Oregon, uh, Idaho and Montana. OK, perfect. And it's 65 offices, 1000 agents. And then you have ownership in three of those offices. Uh, and I will tell you, your ownership is in some of the fastest growing markets on the West Coast, which is Spokane, Washington, and Boise, Idaho, right? Yep, that is yeah, correct. That is correct. Well, here's what we're here to talk about today. So, so our listeners today, many of you might know that um, Zillow had a program called iBuyer, which they launched in 2018, I believe. And uh, it was kind of, it, it, was, it was purchasing them homes, and they were kind of going to then flip them. And if you saw the news, right, uh, they shut it down. And uh, I'm just quoting from an article that I read. And this was uh, from uh, Richard Barton. He said, we determined that the unpredictability in forecasting home prices far exceeded what we anticipated. That was number <laughs> one, right? And the other thing that was interesting is uh, they, they said uh, they had a loss, a massive loss of $339.2 million during the, uh, this, the third quarter. Uh, but during the same quarter a year ago, it posted a $39.6 million profit. And so, you know, when we had this excessive appreciation, they kind of jumped on this wagon saying, hey, we're going to launch this program and disintermediate this real estate agent because we think we can use AI and make this process really simple, only to find out that they weren't really great at understanding their ABMs. And Pricing is extremely complicated, which is, I think, what we want to talk about today. I mean, give me your perception of this whole thing. Well, I kind of, I like joked with it. It's like, you know, hey, we put the fox in the hen house. What could possibly go wrong? And then, right. then where'd all the chickens go? Right. Exactly. I mean, so that's kind of what happened to themselves. They didn't happen to the market. It happened to themselves. They put their own wolf inside of the pen and ate, it ate all the sheep. 
uh, and the reason for that is they drastically, I think, underestimated or overestimated the value of their shiny object, the technology tool, and they highly underestimated the value of the human interaction, right? The human algorithm. How does that work? It's not like just buying an item on Amazon or going through and buying a late, you know, your latest pickup truck through Corwin Ford or wherever the Ford dealership is. It, it takes a lot more involved to, to, uh, to handle that transaction. Plus it's also, Mike, it's it for most people in the country, it's the single biggest, most emotional purchase and or asset that they hold in their personal estate, whatever the, whatever the size. And you just can't, you can't, I think what happened is they so diminished that value of it. Yep. Well, and to unpack this a little bit. So we have a lot of maybe, and you know, and with this podcast, we have real estate agents that listen to this. We have consumers that listen to this. And I think, you know, and you and I collectively, I mean, you've been in the business 18 years. I've been in this business 24 years. In my experience, and you can tell me in yours, we've always had people that say, well, you know, I think we can change this process. I think we can streamline. I think we can make it easier and we can do it all digitally. I mean, I don't know. I mean, from the time that I got started, there was, you know, Costco was going to get involved and disintermediate the agent. And then there were some other companies that thought they were going to do it. And, you know, and when Zillow came on board, I mean, we've seen it happen over and over and over again. Right. You know, and you keep on going to the, the other models as well, the Redfin models and everyone trying to um, reinvent the wheel. And there are, just, there are certain things in our business environment that don't, will never be reinvented. They'll be improved upon and they'll be streamlined, but at their core, they will stay the same. And real estate is one of those. It's, it, I equate it a lot to my oldest son is an attorney. And we talk about this in, in that regard of like, there's always going to be the need to have human interaction with your lawyer because there's just every situation is different. And he could be dealing, we had this talk, he could be dealing with 10 uh, lawsuits, all the same foundation, all 10 of them different. Right. And so there's no algorithm to calculate that. And you take a look at, you know, the legal zooms of the world, they do okay, but it's at such a minuscule or minor level to where you really get into complex legal issues. Our business is the same way. I mean, and like you made a great point. We were talking last week when you and I met, you said, you know, after the deal signed around, that's actually when the work starts. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, and think about this. So, you know, people say, well, wait a second, I can go to Tesla and I can just go on their website. I can order my car. I can pick my features. I can pick everything that I want. And then, you know, I, boom, I'm done. I pay for it. And I get it. And that's, you know, and that's a, that's a hundred thousand dollar vehicle. I mean, that's a very expensive vehicle. I can go, I can go online to Apple and I can pick my phone and that's an expensive phone. You know, I can pay a thousand dollars for a phone and I pick it all out and they just deliver it to me. And so how come we can't just make that happen with homes? And I think, we were talking about this and I think let's, let's break it down. So a Tesla, you know, you got what color you want, you got the interior and basically you got your features and all those features can be picked. But guess what? At the end of the day, based on the features you pick, that's the price. And, uh, you know, I get a phone, same thing. And I think one of the biggest myths that people have in our industry is that real estate is a set price. Yep. Yep. And here's what I'll tell you. Real estate is priced. There's a, there's a range based on the marketing, and negotiation and professionalism of your real estate agent. Absolutely. Your professional, trusted advisor. Yeah, and you know what I think, Mike? All of those things, those aforementioned things are items. They're commodities, right? And every single one of them, including a Tesla, as good as they are, what happens to them? They depreciate over time. 
So there and of itself becomes the reason that they're a commoditized item. They go backwards in value, okay? If you do it all the right way and you have a trusted advisor, you have the complete opposite. You have something that's equivalent to almost a can't miss stock and that's your home. A home appreciates in value. It's a living, breathing entity from growth as well as development and all the things that take place inside of it to make a family, right? The house, a home. And all those other things are just that. They're commodities. The commodities that drop in value. Well, let's talk about that. So an ABM, right? So an ABM just says, well, here's what's kind of going on around us. And here's where we think it is. We give you this big range. And we know that, uh, you know, that Zillow on their ABMs can be high or low. And they can, you know, they can be off by 20% high, 20% low. Um, and then you take a real estate agent that steps in, that's a trusted advisor, been working in that area for a long time. So for example, in my neighborhood, you know, uh, they just, it's one of the oldest malls. It was Northgate Mall. I think it was one of the first malls that was created and they ripped it down. And now there is the Kraken uh, ice Practice cream. facility. Yeah. Right. So guess what? Guess what that does to all the values of the homes in that area? Drives them up. Drives them up, right? But but not everywhere because some are close to I-5 and some are more in the residential area around the parks. That's not knowledge that an ABM has. No, no, the AVM can't decide, well, how often is the Kraken parking lot full when they actually practice? It also can't determine, to your point, if the market drops a little bit. Well, now there's not uh, living, breathing retail entities there creating commerce and creating dollars going in and out. It's simply just that. It's not the human algorithm. It's an analytical mathematical algorithm, which in and of itself is the definition of an algorithm. You just, you can't, it's kind of like, you know, even with medicine, uh, tele- they have telemedicine. Telemedicine is not some bot over the, f- the phone or typing in, here's my symptoms. That's kind of WebMD and everybody goes on there and even the doctor will tell you that's the worst place to go. Uh, telemedicine is you're still interacting and interfacing with a doctor, uh, LPN, a PA, and you're getting real human interaction with that. And I kind of equate our business is way more like telemedicine with your health than it is a lot less like buying a Ford F-150 off the internet. Right. Well, you brought up a great point. So when my Ford breaks down, I take it to my Ford dealership and Bill, who's my rep there in the, in the mechanics, the same people, they see my Ford every single time. And that's one place I go. When my house breaks down, so for example, I got a water heater issue. Well, who do I call? Well, I don't know. Do I go online? Does my real estate agent have somebody? Hopefully I go to my real estate agent and they have somebody, but then I need a roof fix totally different person that comes. I got a sewer issue, totally different person that comes. And think about all the working uh, pieces of a home uh, and all the things that go into it. uh, And we live in it, as you said, and uh, homes different, you know, built different times, uh, different materials, uh, different land use, uh, close to freeways, uh, close to parks. I mean, there's there's so much going on with a house to think that, you know, I could just go online, I can pick my house, I can get a price and I can be done and be out, um, which goes back to our point is that, you know, having a trusted advisor, you know, it's great. Go look at, go look at an ABM, get an idea, but then really sit down with your real estate agent and really understand what the value of that home is. And then a good real estate agent gets them to do it every year. What are they doing? They're meeting with you, letting you know how that asset that you just said is performing. You want, I agree. And to, lot to this line, and I had just, it's so weird we're having this discussion. I have a good friend of mine. He's with a bank now, but he used to be a regional manager for McDonald's of all places, right? And you remember back when McDonald's really moved for these kiosks, coming yes. into the lobby, plug your order in and whatnot. I asked him, his name is Brandon Rose. And I asked him, I said, Rosie, 
what did you find to be the case before you went into banking? He goes, Scott, you would be amazed. I'm like, oh, really? A lot of use? He's like, nope. You would be amazed at these kiosks that sat there. And maybe, maybe we got 20% of the people that would walk up to the counter, use the kiosk. The other 80% still walked up to the counter and wanted to give the order verbally. Right. You know, and it was, again, this is something as simplistic as a freaking quarter pounder and fries. Yeah. Right. And so, and so I can't, it it almost, well, not almost, it cracked me up that Zillow was like, God, go figure. Do you see that? We lost all this money. It's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? You highly overestimated the lack of interaction and touch that people want to have in the single largest, for the most part, purchase of their lives. Right. And I think and I think the key to our discussion today is that it's not that we're saying we don't want to streamline the process and make it easier for the client. That's the furthest from the truth. No, we want to have highly professional real estate agents that have a really dialed in process, a dialed in system that can take you through this and give you clarity, have you have confidence and be successful. Because the other key is that at the end of the day, there's not real estate agents floating out there going, well, I want to make it really difficult for you and not let you succeed. Right. They're saying, I want to make it happen, but it's complicated. I mean, there's how many moving parts in a transaction and, you know, getting a home on the market and getting it priced. That's one aspect. It's difficult. Pricing is not easy. Then once it's on the market, then you got to market it. So you got to sell the product to the public. You got to sell the product to the bank. You got to sell the product to the appraiser. And then all of those have negotiating points and the entire contract is written to let the buyer out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, no hook because the buyer can walk away at any time. Right. And so now, so the seller loses most of their negotiating power once we're under contract. And then we have to close, right? And surprises come up, things happen, a lender can't perform. And so if you think that an AI is going to be able to take you through all that and forecast and shadow what might happen and have an knowledge of what's there, um, that's, that's, that's difficult at best. The right? problem is, you know, we've got a company locally actually here uh, in Spokane that's trying to take their program nationwide to where they're really, as we see it, just a step to the positive, I guess, removed from a Zillow and the iBuyer. And they're trying to do it to where they claim they still use agents as their process, but they get they get listings for people and they only allow them to go at 1%. And then they use an auction format. Again, back using this outbidding algorithm to right. drive the best price. But again, the problem is when you diminish and discount the skills of an agent, they lose so much motivation to really give that full effort if they're getting a massive reduction in what they're being paid. I mean, it's almost like attorneys, again, if you really want them to go after a huge case, they're not going to cut their fee in half or, or two thirds. No, because th- there's a direct co- correlation to return on investment to what you pay for the attorney versus what the return is for that. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, and we can even look at numbers and stats and you can see agents that really are dialed in and they're top performing producers, meaning they're the high end real estate trusted advisors. And what, what at the end of the day, here's what we see. They are actually allowing sellers to actually net more income off the sale of their home because yep. of their professionalism, their marketing skills, their negotiation skills, you know, and they're doing a phenomenal job because they're dialed in and they're doing this on a regular basis. And so, um, again, I mean, it's like if I'm going to have heart surgery, I'm probably not going to go hire, you know, an AI to, you know, that's going to be a cut rate price for me to get my heart surgery. I want to have the top of the line heart surgeon that's been doing this that has, you know, I don't know how many surgeries under its belt for the year, but yep. somebody who has been doing this and, and, and is up to speed on what's happening 
currently, you know, as it pertains to heart surgery. Yeah, our, our youngest son is headed into the medical profession and I equate the iBuyer or the Zillow, let's just say Zillow in general, right? With yep. their value marketing. That is just simply a tool, one of many tools that a skilled metaphoric air quotes surgeon uses in order to perform their task, which is what he equates to the robotics of surgery, right? You still have a surgeon on the other end of those handles working the robotic arms to do the open heart surgery, to do the knee replacement. It's still live human body. And if you look in a surgical room, there are could be dozens of people, depending on the severity of the surgery that's being done. That's a lot of people versus one robot. So right. if you get that analogy, it's the same thing in our world. Now, great, I understand what we do is not as life and death and dangerous as surgery, but if you grab the analogy, it's the same principle. So Zillow's marketing and their AVM model or anybody else's program to help do what they do to make your you know concierge service, to make it better, whatever those, what, again, the shiny objects are, they all root back and center on the human being the well-trained full-service realtor to navigate and be the point guard for all of that. Absolutely. And I think the takeaway today when we look at this is that, you know, the other piece that I see a lot of people say, well, because of this happening and iBuyer going down, does that mean that, you know, we're going to be facing another bubble and inflation and another housing crisis? Not at all. All right. It just means that, you know what, they had, uh, they had a ADM that as Richard Barton said, just, they didn't understand uh, how difficult it is to price homes, number one. Number two is that, you know, really, really good real estate agents are, have systems and processes to make it easy for you. But let's face it, you know, buying a home is not, you know, just, hey, I just click a button and I pick my house and I fill out some paperwork and voila, I've got a house. There's a lot of things that go into it and a real estate agent is going to help you get through it um, with their process and their systems. And at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to cut corners. This is, and you said, this is one of the biggest purchases we make in our lifetime. It's also one of the best assets we can put into our net worth because it appreciates on average at 5% a year. And uh, we want somebody who understands what's going on so they can educate. It's just like I have a financial planner. I mean, I don't understand the stocks and all that stuff, but I know that I got a financial planner that's dialed in and we sit down and meet, you know, she educates me on how it's doing and I rely on her expertise to put me in the best position as I move into my future for retirement. And part of my net worth is, and as yours is, is real estate. Yeah. And do you know why that, that is that you do it that way, Mike? I mean, it's rhetorical, but it's not a commodity. It's, right. an, it's a living, growing, breathing entity, your investment portfolio. Same as with your house. I mean, when was the last time you got really worked up and stressed out about whether you're going to get that new truck or not? Right. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, oh, you want not willing to give me my price and give me my terms? Well, great. I'll just go down the down the street and go grab their truck from that Ford dealership. Don't matter to me. I'll go online and find one and, and go get it. It's, it's I, I just really believe I just have I have this passion that the biggest difference is a depreciating asset commodity versus an appreciating asset non-commodity. Yeah. And that's really what separates it. And there will be always, like you talk about all the time, there will always be disruptors in every market. You've been doing this 24 years. I've been doing this 18 years collectively. That's 24 plus 18. I'm not real good at math. Yeah. So, well, but, there's three kinds of people in this world. Yeah. Those that can count, those that can't. So there yeah, you go. three kinds, three <laughs> kinds. Yeah. But 
But, you know, I say, you know, we were talking about this last week when we were together. It's like, you know, I love that farmer's commercial. It says, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Yes. And and all these uh, shiny objects, all these disruptors, they think they know a thing or two because they think they've seen a thing or two, but they haven't. And this Zillow case study is just that for when they got in, they had the high and mighty complex. They thought they knew everything about the real estate business because they equated it to a depreciating asset commodity. How tough can it be? It's just like selling books, like selling cars, like selling lumber. And they really got into it and they realized they didn't know a thing or two because they hadn't seen a thing or two. And that's ultimately, and you know, hey, tip your hat to them. They backed out when the backing out was good. Now it took about a $400 million loss. Right. I mean, just noodle on that for a second. Almost half a billion dollars, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and here's and here's what I want the takeaway to be from this is that um, you know uh, Zillow is Zillow, and they have a place, and uh, you know they've been, they've been created. And here's what I'll tell you is that um, the agents that are really doing well, guess what? They're not focusing on the disruptors. I'm not I'm not laying awake at night worrying about you know Zillow. I'm not laying awake at night worrying about who's going to disappear and meet the agent because I have a system and a process. And here's my philosophy on the whole lead, right? Buying leads. I really think when you're buying a lead, you're buying a broken real estate relationship. And here's what I mean by that. As at some point in time, that client that gets sold to me as a lead, right? They had, most likely, they had owned a home. They had a relationship with a real estate agent at some point in time. At, at some that point. real estate agent left them at the closing table. Yep, yep. And then they found their way into a lead pool or a lead generator, and now they're getting sold back to me. So agents who are buying leads are kind of buying broken relationships in the real estate world. Yeah, and I'm not saying, you know, I again, I tip my hat to Zillow for thinking they saw an opportunity in the marketplace because yeah. they see the same numbers that you and I see. What's our percentage of agents nationwide that after their transaction, they never call the client back? Right? Uh, it's well, only 6% do. So, okay, what, so 94%, 94% don't. Yeah. Right. And then an, a typical individual knows 12, isn't it? 12 full service real estate agents. Yes. The, the okay. average, the average person in the United States knows. Yeah. 12 real estate agents. Okay. So those numbers in and of themselves, if you don't really have that knowledge, you would look at it from the outside and go, Hey, this algorithm idea may not be such a bad idea. We can really right. go after a whole bunch of the market that nobody is servicing. But even in that they underestimated how much servicing that, okay, they may not have been contacted by their previous agent, but in this transaction, they want an agent because it's still the single most important thing they're doing in their life. It's not like buying a car or an iPhone or, you know what I mean? And so that to me is where I think the big miss was. And I, I believe I'm an optimist. I believe a lot more of these companies that might have been thinking about trying to mimic or 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 copy that zillow iBuyer model or any iBuyer model i think everybody's going to sit back and go boy if they couldn't make it go dumping 500 million dollars into this product what makes us think we can with our 10 million startup exactly and and i would say to the to the real estate listening today you know focus focus on your client focus yep. on your relationship focus on your frequency of interaction focus on being the the, the source of information as it pertains to that market area, stay in contact with your clients, provide value to your clients. And guess what? The iBuyer programs or whatever else comes around because they're going to keep, they're going to keep coming around are not going to affect your business. Yep. Right. Because you are going to be needed. We need that human interaction. We need that face-to-face because it is the biggest transaction you're going to make. And uh, you know, and like you said, uh, 
have a mindset of abundance and just move through it and provide the best service you can for your clients. You know, Mike, look at the other thing. I, I look at right some of the benefits. Zillow does a really good job in a lot of areas. They are going to be continue to be a partner and a, and a needed entity. Again, another one of those tools in your tool belt that you have. And then also look at the other companies that have kind of taken their model and gotten better, right? Yes. So the home bots of the world and the and the companies that are really drilling down and doing better AVMs that are plugged into, say, some of our tools within Moxie and in our framework of what we offer to just give us more firepower. Even that, though, even with all of that, as good as that is, it does not replace the human intervention. I mean, you know me, I, I sports analogy everything, right? Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like, it's okay, here it is. It's like, we got this football game going, right? And we have some coaches, but then the head coach, he just doesn't ever really show up on the field. He kind of calls it in every once in a while. He's watching TV himself, listening to the announcers, and he calls in to give plays. He's not on the field. He's not in the game. He can't go with the flow. And the people wonder why the team isn't doing well. It's because you need that trusted advisor, that head coach running the engagement of the game that when to call the timeouts, when to take the field goal. Hey, Seahawks, when to run the ball, not throw it in the Super Bowl. You know, right. those kind exactly. of exactly. Those, those scenarios. And it just, again, the analogy is it doesn't work if the head coach isn't down on the field running the show. Right. And I will say the other thing, too, that companies like Zillow that come into, come into the business, you know, they force us to get better. Mm-hmm. Right, because because they introduce some new technologies, some new things, and we say, oh "My gosh, you know, if that's going to be out there and available to our clients, it forces us as a company to say to up our game." And so, competition is good. We need competition. Yeah, the entire competition it enhances the services that get provided. The entire auto automotive luxury market was turned on its ear by this one little company named Lexus when they came in and they took on Mercedes Benz and Lincoln and Cadillac and BMW, uh, and Porsche, they just thought they're going to make a less expensive product and it's going to be all the bells and whistles. And if you look at the car industry decades ago, that's when a major change in shift took place. Now everybody's cars are amazing and people were overpaying for less quality until Lexus came into the market and started building that high-end luxury, affordable automobile. It revolutionized the luxury car market. Right. And so we'll see more of that because we have the pressures put on us to make sure we never let our guard down and we never stop moving. We always have to get better. Right. I, I like to say to our own realtors and in in our own brokerages, hey, that was a great month you had. But was what was good enough to get you here is by no means sufficient enough to keep you here and move you forward. Right. And that's what we have to focus on. Well, what do they say? Nothing fails like success. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I would say just, I'll just give my wrap up. You can give your two cents. I think at the end of this podcast, what I want people to take away with is, is number one is that competition is good, right? And, and it, anybody who's going to come into our market, that's going to show us a way to enhance the service we can provide to our clients. We're all for it, right? We want to give them the best experience. Number two, um, there's always going to be people trying to disintermediate us, right? Because there's always somebody who thinks they've got a better mousetrap, right? And they got an easier way of doing it. And so don't, don't get distracted by that. Focus on your clients, focus on your spheres, focus on providing value and utilize the tools that your company provides for you. Utilize the, the, the tools you have to streamline and make your process as easy as you can for your agents. I love it. What does Steve Jobs say? What's better than free? Easy. 
right? So, so <laughs> yeah. can you can you figure out how a way to make things easier, more streamlined for your clients? And then and then also, you know, gosh, uh, work for a company who has a forward vision of where they're going. Right. I mean, because I think that's another piece. I mean, we can't we can't be stifled and think we're the best. Going back to nothing feels like success. We've always got to be thinking, hey, what's next? What's in our future? Yeah, I like my my kind of wrap up is, you know, if you settle for nothing but the best, most oftentimes that's what you get. And what, what you have to do is equate that to the people you associate with and the company you work in. And I came in my previous two careers ago, I got my start out of college working for Nordstrom. And there's just this feel in this mindset of working at Nordstrom, working at Starbucks, working at Windermere. And I like to say we at Windermere, we're the Nordstrom and Starbucks of real estate. And there's just a focus that you have to be just better than the average bear, right? And by doing that is utilizing and tapping into all of the tools, all of the experience, all of the training, all of the mentoring that you can, because you're always developing and always growing. And the, and I would then say that for those listening who aren't in the industry, but are love real estate, make doggone sure you're choosing a full service agent who buys into that same philosophy and is with yes. that same a company, that type of a company. Sorry, there's a lot of great companies out there. And I, I it sounds crazy, but I love the competition because if there's only one Nordstrom, well, that gets kind of boring. Right. And right. then you yeah. nothing fails better than success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Scott, hey, I want to thank you for taking the time. I, I just this news came out and I thought it was it was great because you made a post on social media and I just wanted to kind of pick your brain about it. Yeah. And I always I always love talking with you because you're always coming up with great ideas. And for our listeners, I want to say thank you for listening to Ask Winner Coach. Uh, and these are some of the things we tackle in our coaching programs. I mean, when agents come to me and say, what do you think about this? I mean, we have some ideas and some concepts but at the end of the day. Uh, we want to make sure that our real estate agents at Windermere are showing up and giving the best possible service they can. And we also want to make sure we're giving them information to help them not get distracted by some of the stuff and the noise, if you will, in the industry. So if you like what we're doing, please forward it on. Give us a rating. I appreciate it, Scott. Uh, I just want to say thank you to you uh, for taking the time. Appreciate no, thank it. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be uh, uh, highlighted with your uh, podcast. I think you've got, what, 400 million listeners now? Yeah, we were right around there. Yeah, You're just, close, just, give yeah, or take. Yeah, just shy of 500. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. No, Someday. anytime you want, I'm more than happy to come on Someday. again. Well, hey, we'll end our podcast as we always do, everybody. Hey, make it a great day. Be awesome. Help somebody. And thank you for listening. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.